0: All right, so we're back. Welcome once again. This is McCasey Alexander, your host on So You Have an Idea, Now What podcast. I think we are on episode five here. And um, it's been positive feedback thus far. I want to thank you for that. And thank the Lord for giving me this opportunity. So, as always, you know, we're going to get started. I'm going to share a great resource uh, for our listeners and maybe for friends of listeners. This one here is actually... Pretty good one. It's a sector-specific one. It's for those who are artists in Trinidad and Tobago. Hopefully, it's something that you all would enjoy. If you don't know about it, you can use it as soon as possible. And then we get into our main segment, which will be an interview from a very dynamic entrepreneur from a sister Isle in Tobago. His name is Dexa Wilson, Jr. And be sure to listen to what he has to say. It's very insightful. I know we're going to bring him back on, but that's what we're going to have for today. So, you know, relax, sit back, and enjoy okay so for our resource segment today what i'll be talking about is an initiative from uh, through the ministry of trade uh, initially and then through the agency creative tt they also have one that falls under that which is actually called music tt <laughs> i know it's a lot but uh, through this particular initiative they would have launched the lmd which stands for the live music district it was launched in March uh, earlier this year, and uh, what it is, it's an initiative that is uh, set up to support the industry, not only by addressing its challenges, but also uh, injecting some opportunities to promote economic growth to these individuals in the creative sector. So what it basically is, it's an opportunity for artists, it could be a soloist, or maybe a small band of up to five individuals to perform live at over thirty venues uh, throughout the country, including our lounges, hotels, etc, and they will be able to be uh, paid to perform at these particular venues so it 's a great opportunity for up and coming artists like I said, who would have started up and looking for some type of uh, sustainability they want to um, showcase their talents you know to get additional opportunities, greater opportunities. Uh, maybe to get into a studio, maybe to be signed, maybe to, to, to go to another a place and, and, and perform. It's a great opportunity for them. Again, it's called the Live Music District, which is an initiative um, through Creative TT and Music TT. I'll provide the link in the description, but to get more information, you could go to musictt.co.tt and there you could go ahead to see the information on how you could register to the uh the initiative with respect to the live music district it is in its first uh phase and it runs from march until june and we're actually in june right now so you can go on there you can get some more information see what's going on get more information as in when they're going to do uh the phase two but like i said again it's a great initiative for those who are in the creative sector as entrepreneurs you have this particular talent and you want to know uh how it can be sustainable and i hope it's uh it's something that is worthwhile and you guys take a take a look at it and of course you know it might be you but you know someone who's an artist go ahead and definitely share it for them all right so i want to thank you for listening to this particular initiative and let's get on to our our main course our interview thank you
1: all right listeners hello once again Uh, as i said before on this podcast we're going to be having a great uh special expert guest for us he's young but he's still experienced and uh, his name, he goes by the name Dexter Wilson. So Dexter, I want to thank you for coming on to this evening.
2: Hi, good day, Makasey. It's really an honor to be here. I'm really glad to be here today.
1: Great, great. And like I said, I know you, you have a very busy schedule and I just really want to thank you for cutting out a piece of time to spend some time with us and to share your your views, experiences, your learnings with, uh, with, our, um, with our audience. So for those who might not, know about you for the one or two individuals who are not familiar up to date with Dexter Wilson. (laughs) Tell us about, tell us about Dexter Wilson.
2: All right. Well, Dexter Wilson Jr. is a uh, young, aspiring, upcoming entrepreneur. I currently serve within the capacity of the male CARICOM Youth Ambassador to Trinidad and Tobago. Um, Speaker, investor, support system, friend, so many different titles, but um, I think my favorite would be Problem Solver. Mm-hmm. So I believe in collaborative ecosystems. I believe in young people working together to solve problems. And I'm kind of here to also help promote that type of vibe, especially amongst us as young people.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Thanks for that. And one thing you forgot to actually mention to Dexter is that you are healing from our sister from Tobago.
2: Definitely, oh God, oh, I'll forget that. Sorry, I'm sorry to the entire Tobago family. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. Of course, coming from the Tobago Island, you know what I mean? Couching, and still. Yes, yes.
1: But the reason I made sure to mention that is actually do a nice little plug uh, for the Apple using Anchor, because Anchor, as the, the not only the host of the podcast, allows us to do uh these type of co hosting or interviews. uh Globally, so it's not issue wherever you're located right now. I'm located, I'm actually in my bedroom right now conducting this this part of the interview. Yo. Same
2: here. Yeah. So life is easy with Anchor, man.
1: That's right, that's right. So it's really good to, um, to have an app that has a lot of these features. So you would have mentioned, yeah. I know you'd have mentioned your role as, as far as being a, a, a Caricom Youth Ambassador, but talk to me uh, a little bit before you got into that, because I'd say like when I got introduced to you, a friend of mine was telling me about you. And she was talking about, you know, I have this friend and he has this these pins and these windy pins that I wanted you to kind of talk about because if you get into it and you could start to mention or, or get into the ideas in what got you into entrepreneurship, what started you on this particular?
2: Right. Well, entrepreneurship has been in my family for maybe about three or four generations. Um, from snack shop owners to evolve into small grocery store, into some catering business into car rentals into so many different entrepreneurial ventures um, throughout the the years of my family Mm -hmm. and I with the opportunity that I was given in terms of having the formal education that kind of thing I decided to continue the family tradition in some sense and take it a step further Mm -hmm. Um, from primary school I was selling marbles pencils especially around exam time you know you go to the state so you have your family coming down and you get those big pack of pencils and you take them out and you sell each other pencils for $2 and marbles, you go buy the $10 store, one, you buy the big box and you sell them back in school retail and so it's all the way up through primary, secondary university, I had a, a shop in my school in my own room while I was on, on campus <laughs> I mean, it's not the most allowed thing but I sell water from my room, I would sell with Amway, I did so many different um, ventures, <laughs> think, yeah. uh, kind of get the feel for that entrepreneurial um, spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But with regards to Windy Spins specifically, Windy Spins was a great example of solving a problem and um, adapting that problem and adapting that solution to scale into a business, right? Mm-hmm. So the story of Windy Spins was pretty much, I served on the committee of Milner Hall, um, the only hall of residence in the U.S. Augustine campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, during my time there as the entertainment manager, there were Milner Hall pins, that were usually given to some of the top Milnerites. Mm-hmm. So while I served on the committee, there was a gap of a few years where we... So while I served on the committee at Milner Hall on the recent St. Augustine, I saw the problem of the pins that were not being produced for a couple of years. There were maybe about three to four years that the lapel pins that were traditionally produced for Milner Hall were not produced. So, I, you know, being the entrepreneurial type of person that I am, I say, you know, you need to get this done. We we could find some way. We should get these pins done. We should solve this problem. We should let we do it. And everybody was in support of it, right? Mm -hmm. The entire committee was in support of us having these pins again. So I took to the the internet, you know, I started off with the basic Google search for, for lapel pins and dig deeper into the Alibaba and looking for different suppliers and looking for the right cost for it and... So finally, I got a quotation from a supplier on on PINs, but we didn't have the budget to to, um, produce the PINs right now uh, within the hall. So -hmm. I said, you know, I see the opportunity here to verify a supplier on Alibaba because that's one of the things I also wanted to do. As I had the idea of PINs, I said, you know, if this is a problem that Milner is having, there's probably other organizations across Trinidad or across Tobago, across the country that have similar mm-hmm. problems. So I talked to a friend at another hall. I talked to a friend at two other organizations in the country, and they were like, Well, we'd love to get these kind of emotional items, but they're not always easiest to find. So yeah. only-
1: you're
3: validating are- your army. Already-
2: exactly. So I kind of validated the um, desire there to get the pins so i said you know what let me try it out myself so i took the money and put it on the credit card i ordered down about 300 of all men and pins myself
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, we with the and we saw that you know, there was some good feedback from it so from the time we got that first order within maybe two weeks out had another organization saying hey we like those pins where, where can we get them you know so I said, well, I got them, so I can, I can get them again. You know, I can contact the supplier, I can make it happen. And after the second one, there were three or four other people who were showing interest, and I was like, yes, this seems like a viable option for a small business that isn't too time or resource intensive. Because I had to remember, I was also still in school. I was, time was still pretty hectic, right? Yeah. But I wanted to build a business, but I wanted to build a business that, I could manage with many other things going on. And it was pretty much a dropshipping business, if you understand what I mean. It was yes, yes. design requirements from the client, send it to the supplier, and they send it over, and you make the payment, right? But again, without going through the initial research to find a proper quality supplier, the solution wouldn't be as straightforward or as easy it took quite a couple of days worth of research looking through different suppliers, um, verifying some of their business certificates, doing all the due diligence that is necessary to really Mm ensure that I'm not just sending my money over to some scammer on the other side of the world, you know what I mean? So that is a service that a lot of people paid for. So from there, I had the idea about Wendy's before. So what Wendy's really stands for is, the, and this is the first time I think I'm saying this on a public forum, right? Wendy's stands for the West Indies Network for Development in Every Sector, right? Wow,
3: okay.
2: That is the overall vision of Windy's, the West Indies network of development in every sector. And Windy's pins, <laughs> quite simply put, was, one, was an idea for one of the businesses within that network.
1: Yeah, that's one aspect.
2: Right. So I saw the opportunity. I, I called upon a good friend of mine at um, campus, Dwayne Hines. He's a wonderful recording artist from Barbados. He's probably one of the most skilled creatives I've ever met. Dance, uh, sing,
1: every,
2: every single thing he's capable of doing. I think we should put a, a link to some of his work below as well in the description. Yeah, definitely.
1: Everything. I need to get,
2: I need to get, I need to get into my podcast. We could yeah, we can definitely organize that. He, I told him the vision of um, Wendy's, I told him about the whole vision because we spoke a lot about the vision that we both had, or all of us as young people have, for developing the region. And he just took the, the, the vision and put it on paper and created such a, a great logo and did product photo shoots and did so much other work for me to get that business off the ground or to get it started. And from there, we just hit the Facebook, hit the Instagram, and I hit the phones and started cold calling a couple places and we got some good response and there's still a lot of um, client work in progress and stuff that we, we're looking to scale into more promotional products and so many different things during that period that I've tried with Wendy's pins, it has taught me a lot of different things in entrepreneurship. One of the most important being not to try to throw your hat too far, too fast, and that is a problem I think a lot of young entrepreneurs have. Because when we started to see some of the first successes with Wendy's pins, we were like, "Well, wow! If if the people want lapel pins, they probably want t-shirts. They probably want they want all these different things, and we could be the ones to give them all these different things." The resources to supply all these different things at an affordable price point, at with delivery service, with all these different add-ons that we would have liked to give to our to provide the kind of value of service that we believe was necessary in such an industry, we didn't have the resources to do it. So what ended up happening is that from us failing a couple of times in these different areas. We did a one or two orders for polos and we ended up having to just source them from a local supplier, source them from different local suppliers. We've realized that the best positioning for us at this point was to specialize as a corporate accessories provider. Okay. So we specialize in items like lapel pins, tie pins, keychains, desk accessories, calendars, those kinds of items, right? And we have a functioning relationship with BIC Graphic. I don't know if you know BIC. They make the lighters. They make everything, everything yeah. promotional. So we have a relationship with them. They supply us. And we have a range of other suppliers across Korea and China and across the Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia that make different accessories like these. Yeah,
3: and we that's, get that's all great, the man. other
2: supplies that we need. So if a, a customer comes to us, we try to do a full promotional consultancy. We try to understand, are these corporate accessories the best item for your needs, so if you're holding a, a funding, a pin may not be the best thing, but we can then look at the amount of people, the, the response that you want based on um, your marketing objectives for the item, and then recommend to you that hey, even if we don't provide the item, let's say it's a polo, we mm-hmm. can source from a third-party supplier and give you a price, and, and we can handle the entire process. So you still don't have to go through looking through all of these people. Make so we want to just make that whole promotional process as easy and seamless as possible and that is the vision that we ended up going forward or are planning to continue to go forward with Windy Spins
3: yeah that's great that's
1: great Dexter. we looked at uh, the fact that you would have had uh, more, more of a traditional line to, to, to entrepreneurship based on the exposure you would have had from your bringing with your family etc that would have exposed you to entrepreneurship at a very young age Mm-hmm. And that's normally a path that individuals would have that would lead them to entrepreneurship. But then what I was also going to say was that the when these pins came up, that particular initiative, sometimes that is the one that normally comes up to individuals who may or may not have been exposed to uh, entrepreneurship at an at a, at a early age, where you would actually see a problem and apply a uh, problem-solving skill state. And then going into the process, so you'd talk about with your research, with your due diligence, with getting feedback from uh, potential customers, et cetera, uh, committing your resources, Sid, minimally, of course, at an initial stage to test the market and to see what's going on and then uh, go ahead and expand and, and reinvest in it from there. And then I was going to ask you one of those questions that we were talking about, as in if there was anything where you would have had a, a preconception with Windy's Pins and then when you actually went ahead and implemented it, you realized that what your expectations were totally off in uh, in reality. And how you dealt with that?
2: I think one of the biggest um, gaps between reality and expectation was in the process of trying to scale. So I kind of thought, well, yeah, we can provide XYZ products. And uh, that probably means we can provide A, B, C, D, F products. But every single line, every single product line you go into, every single type of expansion you try to make as an entrepreneur, needs to be properly planned. It needs to be well marketed. It needs to have an entire strategy behind it for it to be able to roll out effectively because there were so many things within the polo market, which is a completely different market from the pins market, that I just didn't have the background information I bought. I just didn't have the correct um, supply connections for. I didn't have the correct sh- shipping connections because it's much a much different process to ship pins that can fit in a small box that mm-hmm. DHL, DHL ships very at a low cost across the world as compared to shipping 500 polos, which takes up a lot more space. There's a lot more issues to be dealt with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was one of the biggest gaps we had. I had in terms of reality the expectation was trying to scale. So many people are able to start the business, but the scaling for me was one of the biggest gaps we had.
1: Okay. And uh, while you're talking about that to today, talk to me about uh, the process that you would have gone through when you started on, on this particular initiative. I know you have many initiatives. When we're talking about the example of Wendy's Pins, mm-hmm. uh, talk to me about the process you'd have gone through. I know you would have spoken about the research you would have done, but I know that you would have also had to document what you were doing. have a business plan, etc. Talk to me about those tools and things that you would have used to help ensure that this business would have been something that would have been commercially viable and sustainable.
2: Well the first thing that I was really able to do I, I was a student of business so I started identifying some of the different strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats of the the put market right mm-hmm. I then took the little time to identify some of the key stakeholders some of the key competitors did a co- a couple of the core areas of, that we know of traditional business planning but I didn't go into the traditional business plan format from inception mm-hmm because I didn't see it as the best investment of my time from the onset, as in going into directly devising exactly how I wanted the business plan to flow. But I started to identify the key areas of um, that were necessary to then create a business, a proper business plan in the longer run. Right? So uh, I would call it, let's say a pitch. I created a pitch that had some of the key Items that I would need, which would be, for example, a, a list of potential customers. So we looked at identifying some of the different markets that corporate accessories would be good in. We looked at identifying which markets we might actually have uh, the ability to get into because there were some market leaders like three-star and controlling a large segment of the market and we were like, can we even get into these industries like the sporting industry and um, the Corporate industry was another industry that we looked at and it was like, hmm, want to be able to provide for these big companies and things, but to get into the ranks so or the level that is necessary, we just weren't there yet. So it took a lot of that kind of introspection into the business and into myself as well and the capabilities that I had at that point in time and it ended mm-hmm. up with us going into three key markets, which were um, educational institutions, religious organizations and NGOs because they were some of the markets that we believe that's a, that's were true. not well targeted specifically. So there was nobody really going to these people. There were the JCI, the Rotorak, the youth groups, hundreds of youth groups across the island, hundreds of churches, hundreds of different um, educational institutions from you. go right around the, the, the um, cadre that were not being well-served. They were going out and looking for solutions to the problem instead of potential solution providers coming to them. So Mm -hmm. again, we did some research, spoke to a lot of different persons within the industry trying to find out what they wanted. And the conclusion that we came to was that they pretty much wanted a seamless and as easy as possible way to get these items. That is what they wanted. They wanted to be able to just speak to somebody and they make the right recommendations, they deal with everything. So, that is mm-hmm. the type of service that we evolved into.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the fact that you you would have uh, spoken about the fact that when people or we consider now uh, traditional business plans, that initially and especially for startups is something that uh, that's not the avenue, you don't have to really go ahead and use that. And on a previous podcast, I would have spoken about. The use of a, a business model business model canvas, you know, that nice Definitely. one page that looks at those particular segments and how you could go ahead and, and use it. It's very flexible and and, and you're able to really, really uh, cover most, if not all of the core areas of that particular business or, or, or that particular venture without having to do that deep dive, as we would call it. And in one of those future podcasts, we'll actually have a guest expert who specializes in uh Explaining that model canvas, so in the videos you get be able to get more information on that. Now, Dexter, what I realized about you as well. I don't know if you remember this. But you're very busy, because I don't want the listeners to think that it's only when these pins going on. Because when we spoke to try to set up this meeting, are you in the market? I think you were selling pumpkin or something like that. Uh, uh, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> Listen, this this gentleman is is all over the place and and is and is serving is is being able to run his business and do these other things. One of these things that the other thing I realize about you. Is that you're also representative for Trinidad and Tobago with respect to the Global Entrepreneurship Bootcamp? Mm-hmm. Talk to us about this particular bootcamp.
2: Right. So the the Global Entrepreneurship Bootcamp in Thailand. I was uh, I applied online and was accepted um, November 2017, and I was really excited. I wasn't in the country at that point in time, and as soon as I got through, I started organizing letters to try to get a sponsorship to raise as much funds as I could because I knew the the costs to attend. Plane ticket alone was a bit over two thousand US. And I know as a freshly graduated university, um undergraduate undergrad graduate, I, I I really didn't have that kind of capital on hand, you know. So mm-hmm. I saw the value of the project, uh, attending the program, and I did up my nice little letters, did up a proposal, sent it to various governmental agencies, sent it to private sector family, friends. I had a spreadsheet. I still have the spreadsheet today with over 150 different people that less I would have gone out to asking for support. From then, I um, went on to do a barbecue on my birthday, a fundraising barbecue. We sold over 100 and something um, barbecues towards <laughs> raising funds to attend the boot camp in Thailand. Eventually, I got in, um, sufficient funds and headed off on the trip. The... Um, focus of the bootcamp was actually on the business canvas model as you spoke about and they used the 24 steps of disciplined entrepreneurship which is a theory proposed by a MIT professor Bill Orley so it focused on the steps that it takes from an idea to a successful startup and it's okay. I don't want to go into it too much off my head right now, but it has a lot to do with understanding the customer first, creating your customer profile and um, finding that person in real life, asking the questions and tailoring the solution to meet the needs of the client or the, the potential customers, as opposed yeah. to providing a solution that you believe is best or the entrepreneur's solution to the problem and yeah. being able to be constantly adaptive, you do. doing your market research continuously, even as you're, you're growing and you're scaling. You need to continue interacting with the market, interacting with your customers to understand what they how they want to be served because as an entrepreneur, you're a service man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that experience it was one week. We were tasked to come together with groups as in in groups from all the representatives of different countries. I think there were about 20 some 22 countries or so represented at the conference I was the only one from the Caribbean representing Trinidad and Tobago. There was one or two other participants from the Western Hemisphere, from the U.S. and Canada. And I actually was selected as one of the team leaders. I formed a team of members from Bangladesh, India, um, Ethiopia, Nepal, and myself from Trinidad and Tobago. And we pioneered a project called Handy Connect. Handy Connect is a... A platform that enables creatives within countries and developing countries specifically handicraft creators so the people who are making things like the um like different handmade items from the beads to the um to the statues to all these different handmade items but we specifically tuned in on nepal handicraft statues that was the specific case that we would have had to go into because using the model of um, disciplined entrepreneurship we had to hone in on a specific customer and a specific item that he would have wanted so we had uh, a bill from the us who was a handicraft collector right and mm-hmm. the problem was that he was he went to a trip to nepal in the last year and he could have only brought back one of these custom handmade statues from a remote village in nepal and uh, we utilized Handy Connect as a platform, an online platform, to one share the culture of these handicraft makers because they usually have a very rich, diverse culture, as in, either being from a long lineage of handicraft creators or some different backstory, while giving them the opportunity to sell their products online through the platform. So, that project is still very much in development. I'm still in communication with my team members from Nepal and Bangladesh. And we're doing a lot of the research that it takes to try to get that off the ground within the next five years or so. But it's a a lot. It's a lot, but we're working on it. You know what I mean? Um, The Nepal to US handicraft trade exceeded, I think, 16 million in 2017. So, we saw the definite opportunity for that. trade line to be the first of its kind. A platform that enables that kind of trade easily and effectively. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's nice, that's nice. And while you're actually on the subject of that, tell us what else is going on with you, what do you have planned for the future?
2: Well, right now, Ventures are Seeds Agricultural Services Um, You know the Market thing you Was talking about (laughs) So we do a Little bit more Than the market We provide Wholesale and Retail fresh Fruit, vegetables Seasoning and Provisions And we also do Backyard garden Installations So we do from uh, Hydroponic systems Aquaponic And we Kind of on a Mission right now In Tobago To utilize as Much Private Unused Land for agricultural purposes. So we're going towards private property owners and getting permission to use their land and do agriculture for a period of time. So that also one, allows us to keep the land clean, to keep Tobago and the whole looking clean while enabling us to create a source of income from this unused property or an additional stream of income from this unused property for the business and for the property owners themselves. So that's, good, as that's good. I'm looking into right now. Um, business development and accounting services for different small businesses is something I definitely have been doing. And I'm looking to continue doing and scaling up with my good friend, Denisha. you know. Um, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Must shout out to Denisha, of course. Um, there is also investments. I'm definitely... 100% into emerging technologies, blockchain, hash graph, looking at where the economy of the world is going. Because if you're one of the first movers, if you have that first mover advantage, as an entrepreneur, you are able to acquire a certain level of capital once you're able to be a good entrepreneur. You're supposed to be able to amass a certain level of capital. You need mm-hmm. to have your money working for you. So I'm always looking at the markets, whether it's foreign exchange, whether it's cryptocurrency. I'm always trying to keep up to date with the global news to inform mm-hmm. my investing decisions.
0: That's so right. That's most, right. I think
2: those are the major things I'm working on right now. Um, there are some other stuff that are beneath the counter that I can't talk about as yet. That yeah, I, know. I know. I know. I You know how it is. We definitely will be back on again to to talk some more about that. <laughs> no, but. How can they get in contact with me? Well, I'm on almost every single social media because, oh, I forgot one other thing that I'm doing right now. I'm also working for a company based in Thailand as a digital marketing content creator and teaching on the weekends a course in digital and social media marketing with the School of Practical Accounting. You can get in contact with me across Instagram, Facebook, Telegram, everything at Dexter Wilson Jr. Um, you can also get in contact with me at 301 5001. I have the easiest number in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, Dexter Wilson, JNR at gmail.com. Anything you need if you're looking for any kind of information, resources, any kind of support, I can try to lend. Feel free to reach out. Feel free to connect with me on social. Thanks a lot for having me. It's been a pleasure being on Casey's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks so much for having me, Casey. And I just message with all the young aspiring entrepreneurs um two of the most important things i want you to just remember is one patience it's the hardest thing especially as an entrepreneur you want to get it done quick you want to get it done now but patience is, is the most important thing that you learn during your journey But you need to have patience and two determination grit the grind that is what it is morning till night. And that is the process that it takes if you want to reach to the next level in this entrepreneurship thing. There's a lot of reward for those who are willing to put the resources out to it. But you have to work. You have to invest the time. You have to have that support that keeps you going no matter what, no matter how you feel in the morning. Yeah. So always remember those two things, patience and determination.
3: Thanks again. That's, All
2: right. No problem, Kissy. Have a nice night. Good night, Trinidad and Tobago, and to the world. Because I know you, I know you're international.
1: The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app. Free for iOS and Android.